and this is the Y'all Show Thursday edition. Hello, I'm John, and we're here for two hours to bring you Southern stories, coronavirus information, the latest we have, and some closures going around that some of you might have planned on doing here in the summer months, for goodness sake. Yes, we'll tell you about that. Also, later this hour, we're going to turn our attention away from the actual bad news of the pandemic to how you might could get through this couple of weeks here. We've got a listing of some books and hey, thanks to the good old ebook downloads, you don't have to go anywhere. You can sit there on your iPad or your whatever device you use to download books. And I see that a lot of libraries are now offering free downloads and such. So we've got a listing of some great book choices for you, courtesy of Amazon.com and the New York Times bestseller list. All that in our book spotlight coming up in the next segment. And for you sports fans, we're going to do something a little bit different here today. We're going to move up our SEC coverage from hour two to hour one here because Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, held a teleconference on Wednesday. He addressed a lot of the problems going on in the SEC and throughout college sports right now concerning the coronavirus and we're going to hear from the commissioner out at his at his birmingham office also we'll just tell you what else is going on in the sec as part of our sec spotlight this hour we're moving that up because hour two because there's not a whole lot going on in the world of sports of which we devote a lot of thursday's show to the coronavirus we're going to have an encore of our second hour of monday show our Taco Polo storyteller, Jerry Short, we're going to rebroadcast his conversation about returning his wife back from the Philippines as she's right now trapped for a couple of weeks there. She's perfectly fine. And the Philippines seems to be doing pretty good with the COVID-19 outbreak, but they still have some cases. And their president there, Dirty Harry, has suspended flights out of the country. You'd think he'd be wanting to get rid of some people. I guess he doesn't want to have people coming in, so he's, he's not letting people leave that nation. Well, Jerry's wife, who's a Filipino native and about to become a U.S. citizen, she can't come back here right now, and he's going to tell us about that. Plus, at age 14, a young Jerry Short was quarantined, not for two weeks like we're seeing now with the coronavirus, but he was quarantined for four months, not because of COVID-19. It was something else he had to deal with back in 1960. And he's going to be on to tell us about that. Again, this is an encore of our second hour of Monday show that we're going to have in our second hour today, a rebroadcast for you as we're just like everybody else, kind of scrambling around trying to fill up content with no sports going on. And heck, most of our department stores have shut down. I tried to go into a Belk on Wednesday, and it was closed till further notice. I was able to go into a sort of a fast food place and get some 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 grub, but most of our restaurants now are being proactive and are not offering food. So it, it's unprecedented what's going on i know that's a word to get used to a lot but this is truly unprecedented and i was telling a doctor friend of mine that i met with on wednesday i, I said this is this is just not right i mean if you even if you follow the guidelines like you're supposed to it makes life really strange and and just not real it's almost like I don't want to live in a world where we have to so-called social distance if this were to continue on for more than a few weeks. I mean, you, you can't go to the bank, as I tried to do on Wednesday. Also, one bank wouldn't let you come in. I think the other one is drive-thru. But what if you want to open up a new account, which 
in most circumstances, banks would roll out a red carpet. Or if they're regions, they'd roll out a green carpet for you because they want you to come in and open up a new account with them or establish some type of loan if they do that these days or get a credit card or something like that then you can't do that through a darn drive through and you really can't in my opinion do it online that's that face-to-face contact you you just gotta have i read about dentist office being urged to to not operate and i even thought about this and i haven't seen one report on that so i'm gonna break some news here for us here today we got to keep our military in mind especially our sailors can you imagine being on an aircraft carrier or any kind of ship right now in our u.s navy and you're worried about a pandemic like covid19 if one sailor on a ship comes down with that the whole ship is likely to to possibly capture that virus and i haven't heard one report on that i i, I assume if the navy's smart they're going to quarantine their ships with zero cases we hope and keep them well away for at least a month or two since those ships oftentimes are at sea for quite some time and get through this mess and hopefully the families and spouses and loved ones of all those brave sailors out there will understand the reasoning behind that but i haven't heard one thing from the pentagon about our u.s navy i know our military like the army of course we saw early on some of our military personnel in Korea come down with a positive testing of the coronavirus, but at least they're able to maneuver about and, and not infect the entire place like you would on a ship. Again, something I had not thought of, but we got to keep everybody in mind. But let's let's keep our U.S. Navy in particular in mind right now as we're all kind of sifting through the the mess that is COVID. 19 so we got books to talk about sec to talk about and more and if you want to talk about it if you've got something to say get off your covid 19 chest 803-816-1170 is our telephone number our website is y'all.com our facebook page is y'all.com on facebook we'd love to hear from you now let's get into the headlines across the southeast and we've been telling you for quite some time that the mountain state of west virginia was the only state holding out without a positive coronavirus case well unfortunately west virginia now has had a positive test and therefore west virginia is now one of 50 u.s states that have had positive tests for coronavirus and the u.s senator for west virginia joe manchin he said the best way to facilitate congress's plan payments to the middle and lower income americans in response to the outbreak is to use the unemployment insurance apparatus as he says that West Virginia is the most challenged state of all. That from Joe Manchin. And I, I assume what he's talking about there is the fact that West Virginia has had large unemployment numbers through the years because of the coal mining industry suffering big time. And some of that was revived here in the Trump administration era. But Joe Manchin, as he reacted to that first case, I think it was in what they call the Eastern Panhandle of West Virginia. That's over toward maryland and toward virginia not all that far from harper's very uh, harper's ferry would be i guess poor a part of the eastern panhandle of west virginia as they have this i guess west virginia's got two panhandles the one way up there but wheeling is part of that and then the one toward our nation's capital is also there but as i said senator manchin said that his state is the most challenge of all as they lag behind other states in terms of testing capacity is what the senator 
was specifically referring to. He said, quote, so unless we can get these tests, we were so far behind the curve being prepared to test people and having the supplies. Now we have to play catch up. So now we don't know where this virus will be ready to have an outbreak. That from the senator of West Virginia. Now, the governor, Jim Justice, says that a trio of counties surrounding Martinsburg have had the issue of this first patient. This patient in that eastern panhandle was in that area of Martinsburg, but did not specify which county Martinsburg. I don't know what town or what county Martinsburg, West Virginia is in, but a couple of counties all come in together. This is where not only do you have West Virginia, you got Maryland and Virginia's right there. And really Pennsylvania's only a few miles away as well in that portion of the mountain state but we want to keep all of our states in mind here to try to contain this virus's spread as much as possible now tennessee's a part of the virus i guess remedy effort the u.s air force has flown five hundred thousand coronavirus test swabs from italy to tennessee and this again according to the air force general david goldfine said that the pentagon sent these tests to memphis and they're transported across the country on an Air Force C-17 cargo plane and will be distributed around the country. But this, I, I don't know why they're not using it in Italy. Maybe Italy had too many of these things. But the C-17 had pallets of testing kits, and now they found their, their way to the Memphis area. I assume they went in at Millington, which is north of downtown Memphis, is my assumption here. And Millington has often long been a... a one of the headquarters i might have been the headquarters for the u.s navy's medical unit but yes those c-17 planes leaving italy coming all the way to the memphis area again this week delivering a half million coronavirus testing swabs that will now be disseminated across the entire country but good to know that they're not needed or maybe they're needed we just took them away from italy because we see that the potential in this country could be Unfortunately, that of what we've seen in Italy the last couple of weeks, which is a very ugly, ugly situation. Italy, frankly, might be hit harder by this than even China after it's all said and done. Well, as we said, a lot of places around the country have enacted local laws, state laws, the federal government recommending things. And some of that includes closing bars and restaurants, altering hours. And Texas, Governor Greg Abbott He's now doing a little bit different than the rest of the, I guess, growing trend across the country. As the chief executive in the state of Texas, which has 29 million people, they've got 80 cases of the coronavirus as of Wednesday, three deaths related to it. But as more and more governors around the country are ramping up restrictions, Governor Abbott has held firm on deferring decisions about school and business closures to local authorities across Texas's 254 counties. And again, he's doing something a little bit different than a lot of states. I mean, most every southern state now has had a governor come out and close schools, recommended that restaurants close, or certainly cut back the in-store dining experience. And he's aware Governor Abbott of Texas about the increase going on there but he's trying to again keep it more on the local level the county level and with more than 250 counties in the lone star state those are a lot of decisions that have to be made but 
that's a little bit different there in texas as compared to the rest of the southland now back to tennessee for a story in manchester tennessee each summer for roughly the last 20 years or so you've had this music and arts festival bonnaroo take place and now this event which was scheduled to take place in manchester june 11th through the 14th you guessed it bonnaroo music and arts festival has now been postponed till right now set for september 24th through the 27th of september so it moved back about three months and a, and a week or so away from its mid-june regular spot on the rock and roll calendar if you will all this being done as a precaution for the health and safety of all the bonnaroovians the artists staff and community bonnaroo which generally attracts tens of thousands of fans to southern middle tennessee and usually is a, it's kind of a sold out experience there and it has become a a major major thing in fact it, it sold out this year the general admission tickets sold out early on in february so this is a, a major adjustment but everybody's making major adjustments but music fans yes you're going to have to kind of do a little bit of a change here as bonnaroo moving away from its june spot to at least september again september 24th through 27th at the farm there in manchester tennessee and i don't have the exact year i think i think this might be like the 21st year coming up here at bonnaroo it, it's been a great success there so much though so they even added an additional fall event last year of which evidently didn't go so well and they have kind of nixed that one but now it looks like they're getting it back and by the way this i think is going to be the 17th bonnaroo this year in fact they had a first ever female headliner announced r&b star lizzo was supposed to come to this i'm not sure if she's able to head up the event in september but some bonnaroo news for you and it's not the best news for you all of our music fans out there one other change going on right now you might have already started seeing the commercials on television prior to the coronavirus outbreak but the census bureau announced that they are suspending field operations for two weeks out of concern over the coronavirus the census bureau said they were continuing to monitor all operations related to this once a decade headcount as the global pandemic continues as of wednesday 11 million households had answered the census questions so that's a good thing and the u.s census bureau is doing their best part to remind people that maybe for the first time ever you actually can do your census online and go there and fill out and maybe if you do that you won't have to worry about somebody coming and tracking you down every day knocking on your door and doing this census in person so check it out go ahead and help them out if you will that would be i'm sure a very noble gesture to do it online census 2020 and nobody left behind according to their deal 2020census.gov is the website to learn more about how you can do it online but right now the census is currently suspending field operations over coronavirus concerns now also a change in plans in the alabama gop senate runoff it was just announced that the runoff set for march 31st between former senator turned attorney general jeff sessions his runoff against former auburn tiger football coach tommy tuberville that's been changed now pushed back to july 14th 
announced by the governor of Alabama, Kay Ivey. The winner of that Republican runoff will go on to face Senator Doug Jones, the Democrat, in the November general election. The delay also affects primary runoffs for state and local races, in addition to this sort of marquee matchup on the Republican side. This originally was part of the Super Tuesday vote in the Yellowhammer state, of which we know that Joe Biden was a big winner on the Democratic side for president. But Republicans also had a chance to vote on the Super Tuesday primary a couple of weeks back. And Tommy Tuberville and Jeff Sessions were your two leaders out of a field of roughly five or six. And those two now go to this runoff. But now this primary runoff on the GOP side in Alabama being pushed back a couple of months, July 14th for Tuberville versus Sessions. And this one's getting really interesting. We've seen already the president come out in support of Tommy Tuberville. And then you've seen other organizations like the NRA weigh in. And some some have picked sides here that you wouldn't think they'd be picking sides for. And according to polling, it's a close one right now. I think it's like 33%. That, that was the vote that Tommy Tuberville got back in the actual primary of which he didn't get the 50% margin, so there is a runoff. But he got 33%. Jeff Sessions got 31%. There were also other people running in the original vote earlier in March. But now these two move on, but they got to wait a little bit longer. So they're going to be trying to raise money and try to get some face time over the next couple of months as we're all looking for something to think about besides coronavirus and politics just might be one of them bernie sanders needs something to think about and one thing he's thinking about is not dropping out of the race as he put out a statement on wednesday saying his campaign is reassessing but the vermont senator says they are not dropping out and that raises questions about whether he'll drop out after three more losses he lost this week, Florida, huge loss there. He lost Illinois, and he lost in Arizona. So, Bernie, can you not read because the writing's on the wall, but he's got a movement that he's trying to keep going, and therefore he's going to stay in the race as long as he possibly can. But right now, as we said, Bernie, in an address, a social media address to the nation, says that he's reassessing but not dropping out, which is probably not the best of news for joe biden to the state of north carolina and a passage to tell you about if you ever tuned in in charlotte north carolina to your local tv and radio there one of your main charlotte area personalities ty boyd has died at the age of 88 a broadcast career in the state of north carolina that spanned many many decades as he worked at wchl in chapel hill and then moved on to work in Statesville at radio station WSIC. Started there at age 15, by the way, and then went to Chapel Hill while attending UNC. And then he went on to work in Charlotte at WBT AM, as well as WBTV television station, a morning man on the radio station. His radio show, by the way, was number one for 60 consecutive rating periods, not just months, but ratings periods. That's what, 15 years straight, roughly? And he left WBT at one time to found the National Speakers Association, where he became its president. He was inducted into the North Carolina Broadcasters Hall of Fame back in 91. And again, a longtime broadcaster, mostly in the Charlotte area, the passage of Ty Boyd of WBTV. Another story out of North Carolina. This one's slightly more upbeat and slightly more fun perhaps, especially if you like to drink beer. 
Because of the coronavirus outbreak, Governor Roy Cooper of North Carolina, he issued an executive order earlier this week closing all restaurants and bars except for takeout. So what did North Carolinians who have restaurants and bars, what, what do they do to kind of make up for the difference? Well, places like the White Street Brewery in Wake Forest, which is right beside Raleigh, they started offering curbside service for people who bring in growler bottles to be filled with their signature tap beers. And so you can get a to-go beer is the way they're doing it there in North Carolina with beer. And I don't know if every state can allow this, but why not? Why not allow you to go out and enjoy a good beer? And this is not the only place. Beer drinkers in Alabama, they rejoice when the state's ABC commission issued an emergency rule that allows curbside sales of unopened alcohol at restaurants and bars. And this came after the ABC stores, which are all over Alabama, the official stores that sell liquor in Alabama. They shut them down. All 78 state-run liquor stores in Alabama closed down earlier this week but an emergency ruling allowing curbside sales of unopened alcohol at restaurants and bars so people are trying to fuel up to get through this next couple of weeks of the coronavirus outbreak and so if you like a good drink at least some people are getting a little bit creative in the way that they can deliver the product to you well there's also another outbreak to be worried about especially as we wrap up our headlines from across the southeast another little outbreak you might need to be worried about it, especially if you're going to be in the mountains of Virginia, as the state has been alerting residents to the fact that bears are starting to wake up from their winter slumber and are going to be out looking for food. And now with people sheltering inside, the bears might think they're in hog heaven and have free reign. So this could be a scary time in the mountains of the old dominion state yes black bears are most active in virginia from the beginning of april until the beginning of november and currently there's about seventeen thousand black bears in the state of virginia so if you live anywhere in virginia you're in bear country according to authorities but that's one thing in virginia you better be looking out for bears to start popping up soon and i know bears are pretty common in parts of virginia not just in virginia but also tennessee east east tennessee specifically you got them all over north georgia a buddy of mine's got a darn camera that he always puts on facebook of when a bear comes up to his door in the middle of the night it's the creepiest thing and these bears now that we've kind of slowed things down and gone inside when they wake up here in the next couple of days if they're not already not not already out of their slumber oh man they're going to be ready to to pounce on hopefully your garbage can instead of you or your loved one so just keep that in mind yeah coronavirus has us on the edge but if you live in bear country might want to be a little bit extra careful here and that wraps up our headlines on today's y'all show hey when we come back we've got the latest book news which books are atop the top of the charts if you will on the amazon and new york times bestseller list we'll have that information something for you to do darn it we all need something to do because this darn virus well you can read a good book and we'll tell you some good recommendations when the y'all shows book spotlight comes at you next Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. 
Now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lie down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. Spring into big savings with Purple Spring Sale. Get a free set of purple sheets and a plush pillow when you purchase a purple hybrid or purple premier mattress. When you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Here are three things about Vistaprint business cards. Which do you think is true? One, our business cards are now edible. Two, our business cards now come with sound effects. Three, our business cards now ship for free. Yep, it's three. All Vistaprint business cards now ship free. And that goes for any style and quantity. You pick the style, the shape, and the paper. The result is a card you're proud to hand out. So visit Vistaprint.com for free shipping on all business cards in any style and any quantity. Just use promo code 1000. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 1000. Simple things, that's a way for me Don't have to be anything fancy Just call up the gang, pull some chairs around Talk about life in this small town Moon so bright on this fall night Trying to catch a glimpse of a star in flight Singing every song on the radio place that we gotta go on a Friday night. There's a place I like that knows how to make me feel alright. Kicking it with some real good friends. This is what I call my kind of weekend. Don't have to have a party crowd. Don't matter if our music's up loud. Can't believe we're so fortunate to have fun just fortunate. This is the Y'all Show and we live by the book periodically here on the show that's all about the south and we love our southern writers but right now we're going to tell you about some of our great southern writers mixed in with writers from all over the world as part of our book spotlight thanks to amazon.com we have the 20 most sold and most read books of the week chart and i'll start off with some fiction if you're a harry potter fan oh goodness there's plenty of harry potter books by jk rowling atop the book charts on amazon.com number one harry potter and the order of the phoenix followed by harry potter and the goblet of fire harry potter and the sorcerer's stone that might make for some good uh, quarantine reading if you will our good southern writer delia owens is number four on the amazon list with where the crawdads sing another harry potter book at five harry potter and the deathly hallows number six american dirt by janine cummins Another Harry Potter books at seven, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. At eight, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of 
Azkaban. Number nine, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I think J.K. Rowling must have bought her way onto this Amazon and Kindle Unlimited chart, don't you think? Jojo Moyes, the giver of stars, is at number 10 in this list. Number 11, In an Instant by Suzanne Redfern. Number 12, When We Believed in Mermaids from Barbara O'Neill. At 13, Ann Patchett's The Dutch House. Celeste Snitz, Her Little Fires Everywhere. That's at 14. The Guardians from a good Arkansas slash Mississippi slash Virginia author, John Grisham and his The Guardians, which has been on the list for 22 weeks now. It's at 15. Alex McElady's The Silent Patient is at 16. Stephen King's The Stand is at 17. Sarah J. Moss's House of Earth and Blood at 18. L. Mars, The Missing Sister at 19. And at 20 on the Amazon list is Last Day by Lou Ann Rice. Those are your top 20 most read fiction books. Now to the nonfiction category. So we shouldn't see any Harry Potter books on here, right? No, we see a book by our former first lady, Michelle Obama. 70 weeks on this list from Amazon as the most sold and most read books of the week and becoming by Michelle Obama is at number one crown books has made a few pennies off the first lady's book there number two is eric larson's the splendid and the vile number three talking to strangers malcolm gladwell that's a good book here in quarantine time can't hurt me david goggins that's been on the list now more than a year it's at four how about our good texas girl jessica simpson's open book it's at number five she goes into abuse as a youngster and that and more And it's only been out about a month and a half. Open book at number five on the Amazon list. Educated Tara Westover is at six. Greg Olson, not the Carolina Panther turned Seattle Seahawks football player, but the author Greg Olson, if you tell, is at number seven. Lori Gottlieb's Maybe You Should Talk to One, Someone is at eight. Untamed by Glennon Doyle is at nine. Atomic Habits from James Clear checks in at number 10. Chris Voss and Tal Raz's Never Split the Difference is at 11 on the Amazon list. Yuval Noah Harari's Sapiens is at number 12. At number 13 is, how about this one, Stephen Covey's The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Do you have those seven habits? If so, you just might be in this book by Mr. Covey, and you might be checking in at number 13 this week. Got to cover your ears, little ones, for this one. At number 14 is Gary John Bishop's Unfu Blank K Yourself. It's number 14 this week. Should have done a better job on the book title there, fella. At number 15, A Very Stable Genius by Philip Rucker and Carol Leoning. Want to take a guess what that one's about? It's about Donald J. Trump's testing of America. A Very Stable Genius at 15. Number 16, 12 Rules for Life from Jordan B. Peterson. Number 17, the guy that's supposed to be funny, although I don't think he's that funny, the comedy channel's Trevor Noah, Born a Crime at number 17. Rachel Hollis, Girl Stop Apologizing, is at 18. How to Win Friends and Influence People from Dale Carnegie is at number 19. And the last book on this book, uh, this is another one that you got to cover your ears, little ones. The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Blank by Mark Manson from Harper Books. That's at number 20. Again, this is from the Amazon charts of the 20 most sold and most read books of the week. And these last 20 I just rattled off are all in the nonfiction category. Now, to the New York Times bestseller list, and I'll just go through a handful of these 
on the combined print and ebook fiction category. Number one this week from the New York Times is Sarah Moss's House of Earth and Blood. Number two on the NYT list is Long Range from C.J. Box. Number three, Danielle Steele's The Numbers Game. Number four, Janine Cummins' book, American Dirt. And Delia Owens now on the New York Times list. She falls down to number five this week with Where the Crawdads Sing. And the ebook nonfiction and print category, number one, it's been out for two weeks now, Eric Larson's The Splendid and the Vile. Number two, The Mamba Mentality by the late Kobe Bryant. Number three, Martha McCallum of Fox News. Her book, Unknown Valor, that's only been out two weeks now, and it's at number three. Tara Westover's Educated is at four. And number four, Charlie Kirk, the guy that the young guy that goes around doing all kind of conservative stuff, Fox News pundit. Charlie Kirk's The MAGA Doctrine checks in at number five. It's brand new this week, by the way, from Charlie Kirk, the founder of Turning Point USA. And that's a quick look at some of the book stuff going on right now to get you out of your coronavirus blues. When we come back, we've got the SEC report. We'll actually hear from the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Greg Sankey. He held a big press conference Wednesday, and we're going to share a portion of that, plus give you the other news and notes out of the SEC. All that headed your way as we close out this first hour of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. Well, look who's home. How was your day, hon? Uh, you know, stressful, exhausting. Lie down on me and we'll talk about it. Oh, Purple Mattress, you know how to support me. Hey, I'm just a mattress doing my job. You're more than that. You're a Purple Mattress. Who cares about a bed with numbers when I have your Purple Grid to comfort my body's pressure points? And forget memory foam. Your non-toxic, hyper-elastic polymer minimizes heat, keeping me cool and comfortable the whole night through. If you're happy, I'm happy. But you do have up to 100 days to return me for a full refund. And give up the best night's sleep I've had since I learned to walk? No way. You're the only one I want to come home to. Purple Mattress. Spring into big savings with Purple Spring Sale. Get a free set of purple sheets and a plush pillow when you purchase a purple hybrid or purple premier mattress. When you text OFFER to 84888. That's keyword O-F-F-E-R to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Please do not text and drive. See purple.com for terms and conditions. Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CBS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. The 
not throwing up cans of beer in the air right now outside of Swayze Field and the right field area right this very moment, but they just might be. That's the fight song there of the University of Mississippi. We got good news, Land Shark fans, about your Diamond Sharks. We'll have that in just a second. This is our SEC Spotlight. Welcome in as we wrap up our first hour of this, the Y'all Show. And in our SEC Spotlight, we're going to first start off from the head man of the conference. Greg Sankey is the commissioner. And on Wednesday, he took out 40 minutes of his time to have a teleconference with reporters about the developing situation of the coronavirus and its impact on his conference. And questions were asked, everything from the financial fallout of the pandemic to the testing of athletes. Also asked about football, 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 and other sports, too. And I'm going to let you hear the commissioner of the SEC, who's now, I think, in his third year guiding the Southeastern Conference, taking over for the late Mike Slive. And we're going to let you hear a portion of this. Of course, some of this he may address. You may you may hear him echo this, but he talked about football several times. Spring games are officially called off. That was made earlier this week, that decision. But there's still a very small window in which practices could be held before the students leave for the summer. That to be determined. The football season at this point, everybody's still optimistic about the season starting on time around Labor Day. The commissioner talked about that. He also, again, talked about athletes testing positive for the coronavirus and more and discussed all the scholarship limits and more. A very, again, 40 minutes he talked about all this stuff, even the financial impact. He was asked several questions about the possible fallout financially on the SEC, but those concerns were for another day, he said. Of course, the SEC, each of the member institutions bring in about $45 million a year, so I don't feel too sorry if they take a little bit of a financial hit. But I know that's not good news for the institutions themselves. But, hey, some of these coaches make five, seven, eight, ten million million, $10 million a year. And maybe this year they'll only make uh, $9 million instead of ten. I think that's still pretty good, pretty good money. Bernie Sanders is not a big fan of you $10 million coaches out there. Now, let's go in and hear from the commissioner, Greg Sankey, again. This is a portion of his meeting via teleconference with reporters from the SEC office in Birmingham on Wednesday. We're announcing we have canceled all regular season conference and non-conference, non-conference competitions for the remainder of the 1920 athletic year. That syncs up with the academic calendar, so the remainder of our spring sports. That includes all of our remaining SEC championship events. We also made a statement that we will not conduct spring football games in the conference nor any so-called pro day activities on our campuses moving forward uh, through the rest of this term. We've canceled conference championships now in, by my count, 11 of our 21 sports, indicating how busy the spring is for us in the conference office and on our campuses. That includes men's basketball, uh, gymnastics, equestrian, men's and women's tennis, men's and women's golf, men's and women's, men's and women's outdoor track and field, softball and baseball. Uh, we, we do understand the impact of each of those events, some on campus, some conducted at neutral sites. And I want to express my appreciation for how each of our hosts, particularly for neutral sites championships, has communicated with us. I think us with them and our staff and those around those neutral site events and understanding the unique position in which we've all been placed. We've also stated clearly the need to provide care and support 
to our student athletes through necessary and essential services. Those include providing academic support, which is particularly important given that most of our universities, the vast majority, have gone from uh, primarily classroom instruction to online learning. We've also changed the foundation of our student athletes' lives. We've heard much about time demands, but the regularity of that schedule in many ways can be an asset. We continue to provide medical care where needed. Uh, we understand the impact on student athlete mental health. Uh, for many who have had their uh, opportunity for a championship in the immediate view, those in the winter sports or the longer view to compete through a conference schedule, and ultimately for conference and national championships, those opportunities have been removed. Uh, where appropriate, because of housing circumstances, housing and nutritional support is provided on our campuses still. Uh, many of our campuses have seen their student athletes depart and return to home. Uh, so with those opening comments, I'll do my best. I think we've, I've been told, have set probably a record for an SEC conference call today with numbers, so I'll do my best to uh, entertain questions. Uh, I will note some questions right now are, are unanswerable. I have said last week, for those of you who are in attendance in person, I don't know is a perfectly acceptable answer, and we have an obligation to figure out what those answers will be moving forward and we're in one of those circumstances in life where there may be more I don't knows than I know how something will play out. And that was the commissioner of the Southeastern Conference, Greg Sankey, as he held a teleconference Wednesday. Reporters firing off questions to the commission about everything from testing of athletes for the coronavirus to football and more. And we thought here in our SEC spotlight would give Sankey a little little forum here on the Y'all Show to let all y'all hear from the head man of the SEC where it just means more. Now to some other headlines from the SEC, and this also affects college basketball. We now know the final top 25 poll from the Associated Press. Since there's no March Madness, there's no national championship, this is certainly not going to go down as an official championship for the Kansas Jayhawks, but Kansas in the final AP poll, 63 first-place votes. Only Gonzaga and Dayton got a first-place vote. So Kansas, KU, Rock Chalk to you. Big-time number one ranking to wrap up the 2019-2020 season. From the SEC, the highest-ranked team was the Kentucky Wildcats, UK at number eight in the final AP poll. Also from the SEC, you have Auburn checking in at number 20, and that's it. There's no LSU. There's no Florida Gators. So all in all, only two SEC teams in this final top 25, and that, my friends, is not a very good statement for SEC basketball in 2019 and 2020. Remember last year with Auburn's run to the Final Four, the SEC seemed to be on the right move, and Auburn maybe should have even played played for that national championship. Heck, they could have beat the eventual national champion, Virginia, if not for a questionable call in their semifinal game. But in the end, the SEC, this was not the best of years for the SEC. And to be honest, it wasn't the best of years for the ACC. In fact, the highest-ranked ACC team in this final top 25, FSU at four, and then your blue bud of Duke. Duke checked in at number 11. And then, of course, North Carolina is not even in the top 25 as they had like the worst season there in 200 years in Chapel Hill. But that's it. Uh, final AP poll out. And again, your highest ranked SEC team, go big blue, Coach Cal's Wildcats 
at number eight in this poll. Now, what about some of your top America, the All-American teams for college basketball? The SEC with zero presence on the first team and the second team, at least the one put out by CBS Sports. Your CBS Sports All-America first team for college basketball, Marquette's Marcus Howard, a guard, senior Peyton Pritchard of the Oregon Ducks. He also made the team. Pretty good Oregon basketball. You got that guy making it on the men's side, and then the female player for the Oregon women's program is arguably the best female basketball player out there. Also on the top the number one team, the CBS Sports All-America first team, you have from the Dayton Flyers, Obi Toppin. He made it as well as Iowa center Luca Garza and Kansas center Yadoka Ajubuke, or Ajubuike, it may be how he pronounces his last name. Those are your first teamers. Your second teamers from CBS Sports, Seton Hall Pirates, Miles Powell made it. Rock Chalk KU's Devin Dotson, he made it, as well as Duke Freshman Center Vernon Carey, Malachi Flynn of San Diego State, which had a phenomenal year on the hard court, and Gonzaga's Philip Peshrevev, he made it as well. Now, we have a little bit of an SEC taste when we get to the third team. Cassius Winston of Michigan State made it as a guard. You have Maryland forward Jalen Smith making it as well. Duke's Trey Jones, a guard for the Duke Blue Devils. He's on there. Minnesota center Daniel Aturo, he made it. And then Big Blue Kentucky Wildcat guard Emmanuel Quickly made it. He was a sophomore for Coach Cal this past year, scoring 16.1 points per game for the Wildcats and likely going to take his talent elsewhere. The SEC Player of the Year in Emmanuel Quickly of the Kentucky Wildcats. Congratulations to that youngster. And as I said, if you're a fan of Mike Bianco and the Mississippi Land Sharks, well, congratulations, Mississippi. According to the website collegebaseball.info, they put out a College Baseball Nation poll, and according to College Baseball Nation, those guys in red and blue are number one. And this is the last poll for the year. So that's it. Number 10 in the SEC, Georgia is in the 10th place in this poll. Vanderbilt checked in at number 7. And then also from the SEC, the Florida Gators at 2. And then Mississippi at number 1 in this ranking. And I saw their justification for this. Part of it was the fact that Mississippi knocked off Louisville in their opening series. That was a huge series win. Then Mike Bianco's squad went all the way to Greenville, North Carolina, beat ECU, and also defeated Indiana. They had a midweek win against Southern Miss, which is a pretty good baseball team these days. And they they swept Princeton. And they'd been on a multi-multi-game winning streak when the season came to a collapse. So that's the justification. Again, this is from College Baseball Nation, their power ranking final one, and the Mississippi Diamond Landsharks. Number one, now to some football news. LSU quarterback Peter Parrish has been suspended for a violation of team rules, according to head coach Ed Orgeron, as Parrish, a backup quarterback, now off the team for a bit of a bit of time, even with the coronavirus going on. Parrish hasn't been with the team for a while, according to the coach, and was not with the team during offseason workouts following the program's national championship. He, The coach said he doesn't know when Parrish will return to the team, but he Again, out after a violation of team rules there at LSU. Now, I also want to tell you about the Senior Bowl. That happens each year in SEC country. 
And the Senior Bowl has officially announced they're going to be moving from their longtime home at Ladd People's Stadium to the brand-new Hancock-Whitney Stadium in Mobile. That's where the South Alabama Jaguars are going to be playing football, assuming there will be a 2020 season. And this Senior Bowl, again, moving to a different location there in South Alabama to USA's 25,000-seat stadium that's going to open on the USA campus this fall. And you'll see a lot of SEC players in this January 2021 game, and again, moving away from Lad Peebles to what's now called Hancock-Whitney Stadium. That's a, a bank along the Mississippi and Alabama Gulf Coast, and now the, the, the Marquee Stadium there on the Gulf Coast of Alabama with this setup in the Senior Bowl, which had been played at the 40,000-seat Lad Peebles since moving from Jacksonville, Florida in 1951, but that nearly 70-year-old facility has lost out on this big game, the Senior Bowl, and it's going to be changing addresses in the new year. And that is our SEC report here on this Thursday. And as we told you at the start of the show, Hour 2, stick around. We are going to have an encore of our Hour 2 conversation from Monday of this week. Jerry Short was on talking coronavirus, talking about his wife currently being stranded in the Philippines, trying to get back here to the good old U.S. of A. and to Dixie. But unfortunately, this virus has caused airlines to stop flying in that part of the world. So he's trying to get through that. Plus, he remembers this time as a youngster at age 14, he was quarantined for four months. And Jerry's got some memories of that. All that headed up in hour two of this, The Y'all Show. Hang on. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's another hour of the show all about Dixie. I'm John Rawl. This is y'all. And we are going to do a little bit something different here this hour. Because of the uh, cancellation, suspension, you pick the adjective, we are going to do something a little bit different this hour. Because we don't have a whole lot of sports to talk about here as we look back at the weekend in sports. So we're going to go ahead and welcome a little bit earlier than normal to our Monday second hour the Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short. Hello, Jerry. Hey, John, man. I tell you, uh, you wouldn't believe the aircrafts that are landing and taking off in Takapola today. <laughs> I ain't seen our runway so busy in years. Well, I thought Takapola might be our best place to go to escape this coronavirus. Cause I think it is. I think, <laughs> well, we can't have over a certain number of people, but uh, we can spread you out. 
Yeah, well, we're not we're not making light of coronavirus, but if this thing passes over like we hope it does, maybe we'll be getting a good laugh two to three months from now. Like, God, like, can you believe we were so worried about that thing? That's what we hope happens. Yeah, I mean, it's got to happen because I don't know how much our economy can stand. It was really uh, it was cooking, but uh, I've talked to some people that have lost so much money. <laughs> in this thing with the uh, stock market dropping as far as it has it it's uh canceling retirements for people like my son he thought he was going to retire at 55 if things don't change he won't make 55 and i'm not i'm not laughing at him i'm just saying you know that's how a lot of people find themselves in that situation hmm. So. Well, well, we're going to talk about that and more. We're also going to get an update from your bride as she went overseas for a funeral, and she's currently right now trying to work her way back to the South, and we'll find out the latest on that saga, a saga that changes by the hour. We'll tell you about that, what we know. Also, Jerry, a lot of people are having a quarantine. That's something you know a little bit about. We'll discuss that later in the hour but but as we look back at the weekend of sports jerry i want to if you want to chime in here you're welcome to a few things, a few things off the field that i do want to bring up so we can talk a little bit about stuff beyond the coronavirus the nfl players agreed to a new collective bargaining agreement and that's going to run through 2030 as they just got this passed with a vote of 1019 to 959 approved to approved it just required a majority of the players saying yes for this but it looks like jerry this will ensure the nfl labor and other parties come into an agreement and this is going to clear the way for a 17 game regular season as early as 2021 also look for the playoff teams to expand from i think the current 12 to i think 14 and that would be for the year 2020 that is if we have a 2020 nfl season but mm, it would be like uh, kicking off the 2020 season with that. Yeah, mm. and the mm. salary cap for this year because of this new agreement is going to increase to 198 million dollars per team. That's an increase of 10 million from last year. So yeah. uh, again, some of the players not necessarily in agreement with this thing. It was a pretty close vote, but in the end. The players ended up voting for this change. So 17-game regular season for 2021. And I don't know. I saw some of the proposals there where it looked like maybe because they had another additional regular season game that a player was going to be required to sit at least one game in the regular season so they would still be playing 16 games. I'm not sure a if that player, is. A player would have to sit. Yeah, it would be essentially it'd still be playing 16 games it's a season. 16 games for one individual. Correct. Correct. But I don't know if that ended up being a part of this deal or not. I haven't read through the entire agreement, but it it it, it means more money. If if nothing else, it means well, more I, money. Obviously, you know, obviously and I'm sure the networks are all for it. And uh that's another game. So did you say that they would also add a couple of teams to the playoffs? Yes. They're gonna expand, I think, two teams per league. I think I'm right on that. Dang. So then, in essence, then um, you could, uh, if you won the Super Bowl, that you're uh, and went undefeated and broke Miami's record, which mm-hmm. you'd already break it on that extra game, just about. But uh, how many games would could that be? That could be um, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, about twenty-one. Yeah, it could be. Goodness gracious! 
That is a lot of football, I guess. How, do you think that this new league is uh, putting a little in that uh, vinegar? You're talking about the XFL, which just canceled its season? Yeah, it just canceled its season, but it was doing fairly well, wasn't it? I think it was doing okay. I, I think they're going to have some changes this off season. I would expect them to add an additional town or two, maybe move a town or two, maybe New York, L.A. Right, yeah. They might move those to the south. Maybe a Birmingham or Memphis could be new franchises. Yeah. Oh, I think so. And and uh, remember, in the other leagues that have tried to come in before, the Southern, uh, you know, this I've been told by friends that listen to this new league that, and watch the new league that it's got a little bit more college style to it, and that would fit in the South. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's just more of a Southern, and it's got some rules that. Uh, I think even the Citadel is going to try, or they were, I guess it's out now. Yeah, they did try. In fact, that might have been the last football game played oh, because really? it was a spring game on March 7th, something like that. Yeah, they were going to do that kickoff. And, and everybody <laughs> shut down their spring practices last week because of coronavirus. So uh, that school mm. ended up wrapping up its entire spring practice for the year. And a handful of other schools had already finished their spring drills before everybody's had to shut down all of a sudden. But and some haven't. I don't think even started. Yeah, I believe the one north of me. I don't think that even started. Yeah, yet. I don't. I don't think so. So it's a real difficult situation. Now we're talking money here. We're talking NFL. We're talking to Jerry Short, by the way, too. Here, our talk full of storyteller, putting on his sports journalist cap. We're talking about players making more money. It was a pretty good day Sunday for Ryan Tannehill, the former Texas A&M quarterback, Miami Dolphin quarterback, who ended up being traded to the Tennessee Titans. Well, the Titans have agreed on a four-year deal with their signal caller that will pay him up to $118 million. In four years? For four years of play. The deal, which is average annual value of just under $30 million. Includes, $30 million. Jerry, it includes the kind of deal you got here on the Y'all Show. It includes a 60 62- You know, that's it. That- just, I just wanted to talk to you about that. We can talk about that in private later. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, this deal with yeah. Ryan Tannehill is a $62 million fully guaranteed deal. You know, that's you – know, of course, I'm proud for him and all that, but it's it's getting out of hand. And, uh, you know, if they designate him as, as their athlete-designated uh, uh, money athlete, uh, that takes away from a lot of other players and uh, – of course, I've known of some that have uh, reduced their salary to try to build a better team. Um, so it's just, it's just, uh, it's got to be a, I guess there's not a glass ceiling, but you'd think it would be, wouldn't you? Yeah, and this is a guy who kind of came out of nowhere. He was the backup quarterback to start the 2019 season there in Nashville as he was backing up Marcus Mariota, the former Heisman Trophy winner for the Titans. And he have some good agents. And he helped the Titans to the playoffs. He was named the NFL Comeback Player of the Year for 2019 after Tennessee went to the AFC Championship game and lost to the Kansas City Chiefs, the eventual Super Bowl champions. Tannehill, the number eight pick by the Miami Dolphins back in 2012 out of A&M, and a great payday for him. What this means for Titans fans and for the rest of the NFL with the Titans ponying up to pay him, again, what could be nearly $120 million, Tom Brady likely not going to be going to Nashville. Where do you think Tom Brady is going to be playing football here in 2020? Uh, his contract expires with the Saints. 
No, no. Oh, that, whoa. I'm thinking that's Drew Brees. I think Drew uh, Brees he, is, expires with New England. Yeah. Because um, there was a lot of talk that he might be going to Nashville. Is Eli going to New England? No. <laughs> I'm, just so. I'm just joking, but uh, that would be uh, some kind of uh, twist that would uh, be the headline of the highlights, wouldn't it? But uh, no, I don't, I don't know where he would go. Uh, you know, he's the type of player that hadn't got a lot of years left. He's been in a, one system his whole career, I think, hadn't he? Not that I keep up with pro football. Well, he's had the same coach, which you don't often yeah. have the same yeah. coach for what's been almost 20 years. 20 years. And, I mean, you take a situation like that, it's, it's really not as many – right fits as you would think it would be because of the success of the franchise so uh i'm nashville is definitely out i would would uh, think so unless he wants to be a backup which hey i can think of a better place uh not hmm. too many better places to ride off in the sunset than looking out over nashville and middle tennessee as a backup role to ryan Tannehill. I think there's a good chance you might see Brady at least being courted by the Los Angeles Chargers. and The Los Angeles Chargers. And a very good chance he could end up right where he started, which is New England, when, when and if we get to the 2020 NFL season. Let's talk a little college basketball. It was just announced by the NCAA that they are not going to release the brackets for this year's tournament. Of course, the tournament now canceled by the NCAA, but the selection co- committee... They could have announced the field of 68, not that it would have meant anything, but let's say, Jerry, you had a really good season. You could have at least seen that you had been made, yeah. made the tournament, and all that was a little bit premature since we would not have known what would have happened with some of the conference tournaments where you might have had a Cinderella go through and be hired there. But no bracket revelation here in 2020 because of coronavirus. Well, if a team worked that hard all year and had a really good record and and uh, was expecting to be a, a top seed, say at least a seven or eight. It, you know, they deserve to have that uh, recognition. I think, yeah, uh, because it's a lot of work to play basketball. Obviously, that's one of the reasons they shut pro basketball down because all the physical contact that's involved in it, and all the uh, fluids that are splattered around, and blood and and you name it, and uh, that's one of the main reasons there. So I, I'd like to saw them go ahead and put that bracket out there, just uh, just uh, for the Vegas people anyway to see how, <laughs> how good they were, see if they were on target. Jerry, I know you covered a lot of basketball games and football games with that as well. And how about this blast from the past? I'm sure you saw this guy coach a few games for the Kentucky Wildcats. Rick Patino sure. back in the news. Coach Patino, who got fired yeah. at Louisville a few years ago after things that happened off the basketball court. Iona, not Iowa, but Iona, oh, has hired him I- as the new head coach after he spent some time overseas. Well, I'll be talking. You know, I'd, somebody always hires somebody. I know Liberty University hired somebody that I didn't think would get hired in football. Mm-hmm. But uh, you take uh, Mr. Patino. I remember when he first came in, and he uh, didn't want to play a couple of smaller schools in the SEC because he said that venue was not big enough for his Wildcats. And I've been at a press conference where he uh, – 
he just almost was rude because he had to be at those two venues and they might have been in mississippi i yeah. don't know well but uh you know that's the way and so was calipari was the same way and uh he came in and he didn't even he thought memphis was not even a good venue for him and he wouldn't uh, – I remember one press conference that uh, Wagner was just a freshman, and he sent him to the press conference, and we're sitting in there waiting, and uh, Calipari never showed up. And uh, poor old Wagner was a freshman just out of high school. Ole Miss had beat them that game, and so uh, he really didn't know what to say, and he was put on the spot, so – Sometimes these coaches that get big money and big pay and 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 uh, a lot of accolades maybe don't deserve it all. Hmm. I don't know. But um, I know Calipari said the only thing he used the Memphis Commercial Appeal newspaper for was to back over it when he backed out of his driveway going to uh, practice. I th- they may have been in the – I guess they were in the pyramid then. I don't think they were in the FedEx. Uh, might have maybe before he got out, but at first I think they were in a pyramid. But anyway, well, kind of how it goes. These guys from Calipari to Patino, they're known for recruiting and some recruiting news, and not always recruiting on the on the up and up. Some questionable recruiting practices by Absolutely. those two guys, and certainly in Absolutely. in college basketball. Well, because of the coronavirus, the NCAA is now suspending on campus and off campus recruiting for all Division One sports through Tax Day, April fifteenth, as they've taken measures to mitigate any risk associated with the virus, and that of course includes recruiting. So, if you're a prospect out there, nobody's going to mm. be harassing you for a few weeks enjoy the break while you're in quarantine perhaps but no recruiting i bet they'll get i I bet they'll get text a few times what do you think they might i don't know if that's open or not (laughs) speaking of recruiting running back for the oklahoma sooners trey sermon is now entering the transfer portal following the season in which he was cut short by injury last year and he lost his place in the sooners offense he tweeted over the weekend his decision to leave norman and pursue a transfer he thanked the ou coaches trainers fans and more saying he's looking forward to what's next and the coronavirus is not something that i'm sure helping in his effort to land on a new squad he's a native from of georgia he finished with 385 yards on 54 carries during his time as an oklahoma sooner he leaves with uh 2076 career rushing yards and 391 receiving yards 25 total touchdowns and that, mm. again, a Georgia native for Oklahoma, Trey Sermon, looking to go on and play elsewhere in 2020. You know, uh, Oklahoma brings back a lot of memories. They've recruited good running backs from all over the southeast. And uh, they a lot of them haven't stayed there full, full time for some reason or other. But I go back to Bud Wilkerson, and Oklahoma's always been good. Yeah. And uh, they've had two or three off years. But, boy, they – they don't have many, so I'm sure they'll replace them. That would they will, and to get a kid from Georgia to go all the way to Big Twelve country play for Oklahoma, that it doesn't happen every day. Leaving SEC country to go to Norman, but uh, now he might be back in SEC mm-hmm. country. Jerry, I don't know if you tuned in the television Sunday trying to find any kind of sporting event on TV, but even NASCAR did not mm-hmm. race over the weekend as NASCAR postponed the next two race weekends. 
They canceled the race at Atlanta Motor Speedway and that race in South Florida at Homestead Miami Speedway. All this as a result of the coronavirus outbreak. And the next scheduled NASCAR Cup Series race, March 29th at Texas Motor Speedway there in the Metroplex. Yeah, just south of uh, Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. Oh, right there were 35 splits, I believe. It's just right in the middle of that. Uh, But, you know, know, I don't want to get political about any of this stuff, which I never believe, you know, I never never get too political. But uh, uh, maybe we're, if we can't have events outside, uh, there's things that we don't know about this coronavirus. It's uh, just getting to be a little bit much. Well, I thought NASCAR would at least take advantage of the fact that, okay, fans aren't in the stands. We're still going to race. And for them to cancel and to maybe have a monopoly of live sporting competition, even though I don't think of NASCAR as a true sport, it's entertainment. But they they, they, they could have had an opportunity here this past weekend to be the only so-called live event on TV, and, and they passed up on it because of the fear of coronavirus. So... Yeah, when, when you know, DC infecting sports just a little bit too much, maybe. Well, it um, reminds me of a, a meme somebody sent out on Sunday that I saw. It said the only virus to be afraid of is the virus known as the media. That's true. Of which and we're not media. part of here on the y'all show. Oh, not that type, anyway. Here. You know, so I'm I'm just thinking, you know, like baseball, collegiate baseball. Uh, is it done for the year, or is, are they going to play? They, you know, they set these dates ahead, but why do they think it would be better two weeks from now, four weeks from now? I don't look for that to happen. Well, they I canceled. They canceled Omaha. That's not going to happen. That doesn't That's mean right. some of these conferences can't get back together in a couple of weeks and decide. Well, you know what? We're at least going to play for a conference championship. And I'd love to see some of your big conferences out there at least have some sure. sort of college base. Just, if nothing else, to bring us back to normalcy. Let, let, well, have, haven't they mentioned that you're going to give them another year of uh, of um, eligibility? They will, but they that doesn't help the people in these it's towns. Not, no, that don't, that don't help. What if The money has already been lost mm-hmm. this past weekend in towns, hotels and restaurants. And you can just sit here and name it all day. That has cost these smaller, mostly in the South, because there's probably now about 10 schools that really have big crowds in baseball, collegiate baseball. And those are the ones that depend on that revenue coming in. I've seen it happen in too many places. Mm -hmm. And also at Hoover, when you have the uh, SEC baseball tournament, Uh, occasionally it's somewhere else, but 90% of the time it's at Hoover, Alabama, right out of Birmingham. And, uh, hey, they fill up a uh, triple, I think that's a triple A farm club facility. Double A. They fill it. Is it double A? They yeah, fill it up. A, a vacated I mean, double A. The Barons actually have a newer park, Regions Park, in downtown Birmingham now. Oh, is that right? I that, didn't know that. Yeah, that, that, that old, the old Met there at Hoover is essentially used for the SEC tournament and for Hoover Buccaneer football, the high school team there. That's about it. Jerry, we got more. We got, okay. Yeah, okay. we we got more to talk to you about. We're going to switch over and talk a little bit about your wife as she traveled to the Philippines, sadly, for a funeral right here in the height of this coronavirus outbreak. And we're trying to get her back to the good old U.S. of A. We'll discuss the latest on that. Also, Jerry Short, when he was a little bitty baby, 
he got quarantined and i want to talk to him about that it wasn't because of the coronavirus it was for something else that we have heard of but maybe not have had to endure like jerry did as a youngster all that continuing with our takapola storyteller and that's coming up Asthma symptoms can attack anywhere, like on a city street. <coughs> now you can get fast relief anywhere with new improved Primatine Mist, the only FDA-approved asthma inhaler available over the counter. So whether you need relief of symptoms at the park or at your kitchen table, Primatine Mist starts working quickly, opening up your airways to restore free breathing. For temporary relief of mild symptoms of intermittent asthma, use Primatine Mist and breathe easy again. Available at CVS, Rite Aid, and Walgreens. Use as directed. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. The Y'all Show, as we continue here, as we get a week of Y'all Shows going after a couple of days off last week for what we thought was a kind of a, a very abbreviated spring break aversion. Frankly, I'm glad we were off the air because so much stuff was happening those last two days of the work week with all the coronavirus stories and such that we couldn't have kept up with it. So a much, a, a very well-timed little pause we had so thank y'all for sticking with us through the couple days we were off but we're right back here going strong starting another week out with the y'all show jerry short the takapola storytellers with us jerry your wife had a brother pass away recently and she traveled back to her native philippines for the funeral and now she's trying hard and it's tough tough for her to get back to the u.s here with all the travel restrictions so if you don't mind i know this changes by the hour but what can you tell us about sonia as she's trying to get back here to the u.s well the funeral was uh two days ago and uh i was supposed to pick her up at the airport in memphis um today and uh or early in the morning it's about uh two or three o'clock in the morning or something like that but however that all got changed obviously with all these flights around the world and uh she's trying to trying to work her way out of the philippines but they shut manila down and you can't get in and out of manila like you once could and i can't talk about uh all the you know what possibilities are but it's a lot of work involved in trying to uh skip and hop some of those islands in the philippines to get out of there and then make can be done right now that she's looking like she might could get back to memphis by the 22nd or third or something like that but uh, that's not for sure you know they let her know that uh, there was x number of people still ahead of her that was trying that uh, 
route that she was trying. And so uh, just going to have to wait and see. It's playing it day by day, and uh, it's really inconvenienced. Uh, she has a home over there, and her sister also does. And uh, they, uh, they've they got to get back to Salt Lake City, and they're having trouble too. They're working today on if it's any way possible to get out. Mm. So, you know, I don't know what will happen if you get out and you get in. You know, once you get in here, I know um, she wouldn't come through LAX, but I understand that LAX has just been a nightmare out there. And uh, she would come through in Atlanta, but you might have to go back through Seoul. And that would be the one that uh, I don't know what Atlanta would do on testing. I hope they have what it takes to do the testing there because, uh, you know, you just never know. I know. Uh, the health department in a town uh, that I'm familiar with that uh, that uh, my uh, I have relatives that have a uh, uh, urgent care clinic and the health department sent someone to their place the other day and because they thought they had it uh, they did have a strain but it was a wrong strain thank goodness but the health department out of the state came up and talked and interviewed and said, hey, you know, we can't have this. And uh, they can't come in here. They can't go to the emergency room. You know, you got to quarantine. And they had a strain, but it wasn't a strain that uh, we're worried about. So, you know, it's just things like that that happen daily, and you never know where they're going to happen. We haven't had that many cases in Mississippi. I don't think we've had a death unless it happened today. I hadn't heard about it. And uh, as a matter of fact, I don't know about four cases maybe. And most of them I understand there's one in Greenwood, Mississippi now, and that's pretty close to uh, Acapola. And uh, I don't know where that person had been. And there's a couple in Hattiesburg. And I think one gave one to the other, and they come, they came out of Florida. My granddaughter was at Opry Lane. Uh, Opry Lane. It's uh, been a long time since I took my children to Opry Lane. Uh, my my uh, granddaughter was at Disney World, and they shut it down, I think, Friday. But Thursday, she texted a photo that they had them wearing gloves riding these rides and things. And, uh, you know, she's a she's a ninth grader. She's a, a big, big girl. But uh, anyway, she, uh, you know, I don't think putting gloves on would cure you rubbing your face with your hands or your gloves, I don't see much difference there. Yeah. But well, uh, uh, well, things like that, you just never know from day to day. So we just got our fingers crossed that uh, my wife can get here. And it's week to week, but right now they're double-crossed and praying that it'll be uh, uh, next Monday. One thing complicating your wife's desire to get here is the fact that she's actually not officially a U.S. citizen. She's a, a whisker away from being that yeah really we recently took the the trivia question we had a contest here based on some of the questions they asked someone like your wife in her effort to become a u.s citizen you got to pass a citizenship test and jerry you can go ahead and maybe this will help get a get her a, a little bit more ahead in the line they'll let her skip a, skip a couple spaces well, go, that's true. go ahead and announce how she did on her citizenship test well, like all other, you know, she's got 10 years of college and a couple of master's degrees and different stuff. So uh, she um, 
made a hundred, <laughs> and uh, which most of our American <laughs> citizens could, born and raised here, couldn't make a hundred on that thing. So I know the security the security guard come out while I was waiting in the waiting area, and he said, uh, "The person that give your wife the test said." Your wife needs to be back there giving tests. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you know, you never know. But, but she's, she studied hard. It wasn't easy stuff. So she's just but waiting a swearing-in ceremony to become a U.S. She's waiting an oath. And uh, she has me check the mailbox every – she's gone for two and a half weeks. And I had to check that mailbox every day to see if they had a date set up for the oath, <laughs> which I'm sure that will probably be postponed now. Yeah with all that's going on because they have a group of people taking the oath at one time in an enclosed area. So, uh, I guess that'll probably be put on hold on the oath taking. Well, if, if she was an official citizen, I'm sure that would help her in her, her effort to get back here safe and sound. We wish her and well, everybody so, else traveling, even our U S citizens that went abo- uh, across somewhere and are trying to get back here, Let's try to get through this thing together. Now, how have how has this affected us here in the good old U.S. of A.? I haven't, at least in the last couple of days, noticed much of a change, Jerry. However, when I went down to my local Hardee's, they did do things there a little bit different. Talk about wearing plastic gloves. All the workers had plastic gloves there. Yeah. They, they wouldn't let you go get the the napkins out of the containers. They gave you your napkins there. Oh, I think they okay. also shut down the soft drink things. They wouldn't let you go get refills. Oh, you couldn't fix your own drink. They gave it to you. Yeah. And then, oh, I'll be and, and that was at Hardy's. And that was just at a typical uh, American-style restaurant, fast food chain. Correct. No, they did it. They did all that. And they had a little note on the counter explaining what all was going on. I wasn't quite – I gave her cash money. It wasn't like I'm trying to do my part to contain it. I, I had to interact. I, I paid with cash, and I went back and got refills. So they had to touch my – actually, they threw my cup away. When I got a refill, they, they gave me a brand-new cup, yeah. Huh. Well, that must be a – the national chain must have uh – Told them, hey, this is the way it's going to be from now on. And, and we're hearing uh, that on this day, they may shut down restaurants around the country, which I think, I mean, that's a that's a major decision. That's a decision that you talk about affecting people's lives. There's people like me, Jerry. I don't know about how how yeah. empty your cupboard might be. Pretty empty. <laughs> but, I looked at it. Uh, I looked at it today, and my wife had fixed me enough food to make it through to tomorrow when she got back. It was frozen stuff and a meal at a time, and and hey, I'm going to have to eat like two bites of the rest of. I mean, I'm like most people in the South. I usually eat most of my meals out on the town somewhere, fast food, drive-through, restaurant. I don't cook, and if I cook, I got a few things to eat here, but it's not going to make me get through a week, maybe two to three days. And there's a lot of people who just can't get up and go to restaurant or, or they don't have the food to if they don't have the food saved up they don't have the ability to go to a grocery store or other places to get food so are, are, well, no uh, i asked a lady across the street from this house uh that i'm in now and uh she's 94 and i told her you know call me if you need something and i'll go get it because you just can't be running back and forth 
and you and they say the shelves are empty anyway i hadn't been in a grocery store and uh toilet uh uh tissue that's become an issue that i really don't understand we talked about that in the first hour jerry i thought of you oh you did we talked about this there's a plant in choctaw county alabama do you know what town that is oh choctaw county no i know i know i don't wait wait is that down now on the mississippi line around uh, across from uh, meridian somewhere yeah i think it's butler that's butler it joins mississippi mm-hmm. yeah butler yeah, that's is where they have a big plant that makes toilet paper there yeah and they yeah, got okay. 900 employees they're doing <laughs> doing extra duty if you know what i mean uh to yeah. to get the toilet paper cranked out what goes into making toilet paper jerry well, the same fiber that's dissolving pulp. And, uh, what what type of trees pulp. are we talking about? Probably a pine because it dissolves a lot better with the chemical. Okay. And uh, they have a big toilet paper place at Bowwater and Tivy up at uh, Tennessee, north of Chattanooga also. And I understand they've been having some problem with their uh, manufacturing of it. So I know they're speedy trying to – it's owned by a Canadian outfit, but – I know they're they're trying to speed production up because they didn't have that much actually in uh, supply. So I was told that they were really, really fighting that thing because that's a high seller right now. You can make some money off of some uh, pine trees, dissolving pup, and run that through the mill and come out as uh, toilet tissue. Can you see the demand of needing toilet paper being filled pretty quickly? Is it is the process of making toilet paper something that takes a long time to do? Well, if you're behind like that and, you know, you don't – you've got X amount of workers and X amount of uh, uh, raw product on the mill, and the weather has been so doggone wet – uh, logging has been really slow in the, in the woods. I would say if they don't have a good bit of inventory built up, they'll have to try to then get some loggers and some fiber move pretty doggone quick, or they won't have the material to make a, a lot of uh, whatever product needs to be made in a, a short period of time. I've been through that before in 70 when gas got to a dollar. We just didn't think we was going to make it. We added a lot of logging jobs in the company I work for, International Paper Company, to try to get things going because we couldn't get enough fiber quick enough when gas went that high. And uh, and it was it was just uh, people had shut down everything, and and it was gone. And, and they just said, you know, we got to get this going. And, uh, and so they were so far behind with the inventory when gas went to a dollar. They finally, they had to just forget about it being real expensive. As a matter of fact, I paid a dollar, and I heard you paid less. I paid a dollar seventy a gallon for gas, and I believe you paid even less than that. Yeah, uh, I announced that in hour one in our business report. A dollar uh, fifty four is what I paid at the pump over the. That weekend. is, hey, it's been a while since I've seen a dollar fifty four gasoline. Mm. And uh, I enjoyed it, but really deep down, paying gas prices that low is not actually good for the economy, right? No, because I've already talked to some people on a pipeline out in uh, Carlsbad, New Mexico, and Pecos, Texas. It had a few lines out there. And, you know, this is coming from Saudi Arabia and Russia. 
they're getting these prices. They're dropping these prices by flooding the market and whatever they're doing. But uh, a couple of jobs that they were going to kick off, they didn't kick them off in that um, Eagle Pass uh, oil shell because they don't need the product now at the refinery. So there's a couple of pipeline jobs that I know a guy that was going to be working on one of them, and he said things are still pretty open in uh, Oklahoma, and he was going to go to any Oklahoma this week and see if he could hire on as anything, a flagman. It didn't matter. And he's an operator and a welder, and he can do anything, but uh, it slowed that industry down also. That's one you wouldn't think about. Nope. Hey, Jerry, we got one more segment with you here as we talk to our Takapola storyteller on this Monday edition of the Y'all Show. A lot of people are hearing the word quarantine. Well, that's a word, Jerry Short, you know a little bit about. And when, Boy, we, come, too much. And when we come back, we'll find out why you were quarantined as a, as a youngster and how you got through it. All that in our final segment of this, the Monday Y'all Show. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic, and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Wrapping up this start of the week edition of Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent, we are still joined by our Takapola storyteller, Jerry Short. And Jerry, I understand the word quarantine, which is a buzzword going on right now with the COVID-19 outbreak. Quarantine something you've actually done in your life. Absolutely. And uh, let me tell you, it was not fun. And I didn't do it for a week or two weeks or four or or a month. I did it for four months. And, um, uh, it, uh, what'd you go to prison I, for something? Well, it, it, yeah, I was, I felt like prison while I was quarantined, but, uh, uh, I said to stay by myself, uh, after the first couple of weeks, because my mother worked and my, and my daddy worked and I was an only child and I, I stayed by myself. But I, uh, in 1960, I was 14 years old and, I don't know if this is where I got a disease called uh, infectious hepatitis. Mm-hmm. That's an uh, inflammatory action of the in- inflammatory uh, of the liver. And in most cases, I think it's caused by virus called uh, viral hepatitis. But, you know, you can get a hepatitis C, which is usually by uh, needles or drugs. Obviously, it. 14 years old in 19, um, what did I say, 1960? Mm-hmm. I hope uh, I wasn't involved, didn't even know what any of that kind of junk was, but uh, definitely wasn't involved. I think I got mine because you can get it from eating off of raw uh, vegetables and things like that. Well, when I kind of left home, and I will tell this story some other day about leaving home because I'm talking quarantine, but I did uh, eat raw vegetables and things like that. 
So when I got home, um, this hepatitis, I was a carrier, I assume, and my cousin from Memphis came down, and we'd go camping and play all night. We had these boxes at a clothing factory that uh, they, they were as good a sleds as you would find in a doggone store anywhere. They were built really good, really stiff cardboard. And we'd take them up in these gullies. Now, a gully is an area back in those days that uh, before the government started planting pine trees and things to stop erosion, it washed away and from farming in the in the uh, 1880s and on up. And so places that had just kind of laid, laid barren. And we could play in them and have a really good time. You could slide slide down those sand slopes for – 20 25 feet 30 feet maybe if you found a really good gully and we'd play all night and then the next morning i ate uh some just uh, some berries we found then i went over by a pond and knocked a cotton mouth out the way and scraped up some water and drank some water out of that pond and, and my cousin was with me he was from memphis and uh we had three other guys with us you know young guys and on the way in you had to walk down a railroad track and i was talking to him the other day about it and he said that uh he said you know he was so weak but he didn't tell us so i think he already had it and you can catch a virus from someone else also and uh but i you know i don't know which one of us got it first but i know he he was he was uh diagnosed first with it so he said he drove the back end out of a sleeping bag we had that night and then we put him on a bus in oxford and he he left uh and went to memphis and when he met his parents he was so weak he couldn't get off the bus well they immediately carried him to the doctor and they called back for us but we didn't do anything at first i think he they said he was going to have to stay quarantined for 21 days in memphis so um go to football practice and about pass out, but my daddy had told me that afternoon he wanted to grass cut. We started two a days in the summer. He wanted to grass cut. So uh, I go uh, cutting of grass in the backyard, and I almost pass out, and they have to take me to the doctor. And um, the doctor diagnoses it as hepatitis, which is your skin is yellow, your eyes are yellow. It's a jaundice, another uh, another. A uh, common name for it is yellow jaundice, and uh, it can spread, you know, with like I said earlier, with uh, food and water. Um, but anyway, that's undercooked food, and fruits and veggies and things like that can cause it. So I came down with a pretty dang bad case of it, and when I went to the doctor, uh, I didn't know it was as serious until about a month or two later when I got well, but. I, I know the football players told me that the coaches told them, do not go by Jerry Short's house, period. Don't go near the house. So when two or three was brave enough to even come by, they would walk in the main street, which was the main highway in front of my house. And I'd stand in the door when I finally, about after about a month, I got out of bed. And uh, But I couldn't eat anything. I couldn't hardly, you know, they try to keep you full of fluids. But um, I, I think it was broth mostly that I had. And finally got down to where I could have a uh, chicken breast ball with no skin on it. 
because he didn't want to get any fat at all. And then finally, you know, I complained to the doctor so much that uh, he said, well, put a little vinegar on that boiled chicken breast for a little taste. You know, I kind of like that today, a boiled chicken breast with a little vinegar on Yeah, because I stayed in there so long. But I got to feeling better, and uh, but I still, the way they would test you then, and I'm sure the medicine, medical science has come a long ways on something like that now. Probably pills could uh, solve it now. But uh, back then, I'd have to go and they'd shoot about five cc's of uh, dye in one arm and wait about 30, 40 minutes till it went all through your body and pulled it out of the other arm. And then they would run tests on it and tell you, uh in a couple of days if you were cured or not well this went on for about two months that i stayed quarantined feeling pretty felt pretty good but uh you know i would i would probably do more than i should if i would have just stayed real still and quiet probably could have got well maybe in three months but uh i stayed down four months because i'd I got where I'd want to run around in the house, and and I had a little old puppy dog in there with me, and I'd play with it and chase it around. But uh, I was still quarantined. And look, fortunately for me, I had a couple of uh, teachers, one algebra teacher and then one history teacher. Uh, they they came after the uh, about the start of the third, middle of the third month, and uh, they tutored me enough that. I was able to pick up those two credit hours. Now I missed uh, a couple of credit hours in French and uh, um, forgot what the other subject was. Uh, probably civics. Probably English is bad as how many English, but uh, that's what it was. It was English. Uh, I didn't. I didn't pay. I had to go to summer school that year at University High in Oxford to uh, pick those two credit hours up. But, uh, you know, it kept me behind in school. It kept me behind in sports. It kept me behind in everything. And, uh, it, uh, you know, when you get quarantined like that, I can, I certainly feel for anybody. I don't care. I, I don't feel for these people that complain about a week or two because, uh, you know, that, that needs to be done. But, um, I feel for the people that get quarantined for months at a time. Because I went through it, and I know exactly what it's like. And you know, thank goodness, uh, you carry your carrier for life of hepatitis. And I could never give blood. That was the first thing they told me, and they told my cousin that. And he just, you know, he was only quarantined for three weeks. But uh, I was told by one of my good friends, a veterinarian, that. And I trust him as much as I would a medical doctor. But he says they have a, they have a, a vaccination now that they can, uh, the vaccine can cure your liver when you get about my age. And I'm not going to say I'm old, but I'm, I've, got a, I've, I've got a lot of moons have set on me. But um, we, uh, he said that you can get that shot. And because at my age, you're subject to uh, maybe getting liver cancer. So I'm going to check into that. I only found out about that two or three days ago when we were talking about all this quarantine is going yeah. on. Well, and so, uh, that, you know, that's my experience with uh, quarantine. And uh, thank goodness for I love Lucy and Bonanza. And that's my line. And 
all those good shows that we had in 1950, you know? <laughs> yeah. Or 60. 60. Yeah. 50 I won, but I won before you though. Yeah, I think, and, and, and somebody in that time period said, Jared, go to your room and stay there for four months. And I don't think oh, you were a very goodness. good listener, it sounds like. No. I mean, if I hadn't been so sick that I couldn't get out of bed at first uh, three or four weeks, uh, I'd have probably just went on. I was told later on that they – they had seriously thought that I might not make it. Hmm. Well, and, uh, did you make you it? Know, to, I hadn't figured it out yet. <laughs> that's, the reason, that's the reason I want that shot in yeah. the liver. Well, no more quarantining for you, Jerry Short. Well, that wraps up our conversation with you, Jerry. Thank you. We look forward to having you back on next week. Maybe a little bit more brighter subject can be brought up with you. Oh, that was pretty bright. I know you got a laugh out of that. Yeah, somewhat, somewhat. <laughs> that wraps up our show here today. Thank y'all for listening. We'll be right back here for a new Y'all Show Tuesday. Until that time, be safe and keep it y'all. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. Brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council.